Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, lead pastor of Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more about Alive Church or Pastor Derek, please visit alivechurchoc.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform at Alive Church OC or Derek Dunn OC. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God today, and today I want to talk about the title of my message is Best Expectations. Come on. Best expectations. And I feel in the midst of this time, you know, God wants me to kind of give an injection of faith. I, I had jet lag and I came back and it's been a crazy uh, time. I was in Asia and then we were in Europe and uh, came back and uh, I went and uh, did what someone was telling me, Pastor Troy was telling me about, you know, you can go and get the injections and they have the infusions where you go and you do that. And I was like, all right, let's try this out because I was having problems sleeping. And what happened? I got an injection of B12. I got an injection of vitamins. I got an injection. And what happened? I slept like a baby maybe that last that night and it helped me with my jet lag and sometimes in our christian faith we need that because faith leaks have you realized that you can be on fire on a Sunday or, you know, you're having an encounter with God. We go through our encounter conferences and, 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 and that's wonderful. But we need a daily injection of faith. We need faith leaks in the midst of the battles that we're facing, in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of all that we hear and the negativity in our world. Come on, we need to be reminded that Jesus is still on the throne. Yes. Can you say amen? amen. We, 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 if our God is for us, what can stand against us? That, that in the midst of negative things happen, even when bad things happen to good people, even to God's people, that all things work together for the good, for those that love God. That God is a God that turns things around. Amen? So I want to tell you today, the best is yet to come. Come on. The best is yet to come. Some of you don't, are not sure this morning. I want you to turn around and tell two or three people, say, the best is yet to come in your life. Come on, tell somebody. The best is yet to come in your life. The Bible tells us in Matthew 9 and verse 29, Jesus, he touched the, the eyes and he brought healing to them. And he said this, he said, according to your faith, he said, let it be to you. And so we understand here that, that even though God is able, but God is determined to work through our faith. And so God tells us this morning, what are we believing for? What are we hoping for? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is God saying? He says, according to your faith. And sometimes that can be a great thing because we're standing in faith. But sometimes this morning, in the areas that you're believing God for the breakthrough, let's do a faith assessment this morning. Where's your level of faith in believing God? Where's your level of expectation? Faith is the key that unlocks the resources of heaven. So what does that mean? We get to choose what we receive from God. Some of you, that went right over your head. We get to receive what we get to determine what we receive from God according to our faith. In the Bible, the Bible says many times, whosoever wills. Jesus said, according to your faith. There's people, some people that did that maybe didn't get healed even though Jesus was in the room. Why? Because we have to partner with God. God has determined to work through faith. Now, God is sovereign. He can do anything. But as God is, is working together with his people, the way we transact with heaven is through faith. That's called the law of expectations. Someone say the law of expectations. Whatever you expect will happen. 
You know, we have people and we have different people out there and they're always negative and things. We have even people, we, we give them diseases now. We call people, you know, they're the hypochondriac. Always oh, something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me. They go to the doctor like every other week. They're in the emergency room. And I'm not saying that make fun of them. But they're always expecting something. The doctor runs every test. Nothing's wrong with them. But eventually something happens. Because it's the law of expectation. In a relationship, if we're always dealing in doubt and fear and suspicion, come on, we can't trust our boyfriend, our girlfriend. We can't trust our spouse. And we're always like, What's, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Are you here? Come on, you hugged that sister in church a little too long. <laughs> we're all, what's what's going to happen? The person's guilty before they've ever even done anything. What happens? Usually things will happen because what you expect to happen will happen. We tend to see what we expect to see, negative and positive. We feel what we, what we expect to feel, be it strong or weak. You can begin to have expectations, and because of, of, of your negativity, you can make yourself sick. We tend to act the way we expect to act, whether it's in faith or fear, and eventually it happens. We tend to achieve what we expect to achieve. No one achieves something they're not expecting to achieve. Are you here? When we walk into a business deal, are we expecting to get it? Oh, nobody would ever want to do business with me. I'm the worst salesperson out there. Well, no wonder you haven't had a deal in six months. Come on. But if we have an expectation, when I'm walking in the room, God's walking in the room, the favor of God is upon me, and I'm here to be a blessing. What happened? You communicate differently. When you walk into people trying to get a job, trying to get a job, trying to get a job, well, don't crawl out of bed depressed. Roll in there and you haven't even you know, put your hair in place. Walk in there and you can't even look the person in the eye. You've got a great resume, but you can't. And what, because of your expectation, are you here? Walk in there and think, come on, I'm blessed of the Lord. Come on, I'm like a Daniel. Come on, I'm like a Joseph. Come on, even if I'm in a place, I'm going to cause this place to be better. Yes. Not out of arrogance and out of pride, but with an expectation. And so God wants us to have to understand, we've got to begin to, to understand that we need to have faith in order to transact with God, amen? Our expectations will influence our happiness. Yes. Well, I'm not happy. You know, I want someone to make me happy. Nobody can make you happy. Amen. Happiness is a choice. Yeah. Come on. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll rejoice. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, are you going to be depressed the rest of the day because you don't feel like it? Come on. How many of you didn't feel like, feel like getting out of bed this morning? Come on. Come on. Leave your hand up. Look around the room. But guess what? We're not led by our feelings. And come on. How many of you are glad you got out of bed? Come on. How many of you are glad you showed up? How many of you are glad you got in the presence of God? But if we just let our feelings, guess what? We'll, be, we'll be staying in bed all the time. And there's some people that live their life that way. Well, I don't feel like it. I'm sick. You're not sick. You're just being led by your feelings, and it affects your emotions. It affects your thinking. It affects your physical body. It affects your relationships and your spirituality. So there's two basic approaches in life that we can choose. We can live by faith, or we can live by fear. In the world, they say it this way. You can be an optimist, or you can be a pessimist. An optimist is someone who's what? They live with positive expectation. The glass is half full. Oh, it's only half full. I wanted a full glass. Well, an optimist figures out how to get the glass full and is thankful for the fact it's half full. Are you here? 
But a pessimist, come on, if you're critical because the glass is half full, you're going to end up with no, nothing in your glass. We, we need to understand that's how life works. Job was the wealthiest man of his time. He was blessed beyond measure. But the Bible tells us the thing that he feared came upon him. Job had one problem. He was a pessimist. And he feared losing it. How many people out there, they're so afraid of losing their money, of losing this, of losing that. Of lo and what do they do? They try to control it and they end up losing it. We shouldn't put our, our, our faith or our hope in, in the things that are carnal, but in the things that are eternal. Can you say amen? amen? Do you know anyone like that? Maybe they're negative. Maybe they're always focusing on what they don't want and they end up getting what they don't want. Are you here? And Paul said this, and he, he was an optimist. He said this, according, in Philippians 1 verse 20, I put up for you, he said, according to my earnest expectations, someone say expectation, and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. We don't have to be a victim to negativity. We can believe that God is a God of the turnaround in the midst of everything. Here's Daniel getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace and the people that are putting the fire, uh, the, the fuel on the furnace are getting burnt up and dying. And what does he say? My God is able to save. His expectations was salvation. He said, but even when he doesn't save, I'm still not gonna deny him. Because his focus was on eternity. Not on the natural, are you here? What is Paul saying? He says, I live with earnest expectation and hope that what? Everything's gonna turn out all right. Because I've got Jesus with me. People say, well, he was martyred. You know, that didn't turn out all right. Well, guess what? In heaven, he got a huge welcoming party. In heaven, he got a martyr's crown. In heaven, he ruled and reigned. So again, even if in this life we don't see it, we, we will still see the positive things being attracted to our expectation, but in the life to come, we have earnest expectation that we'll be rewarded in eternity. Amen? Amen? What is he saying? Even as I'm going through all the trials, I have earnest expectation. Here's a man who's in prison. And what does he say? I'm in prison for the Lord. But he says, I'm not the prisoner. My guards are the prisoners. Because every day they have to show up and have to be with me and run their shift. And guess what I'm doing? Preaching the gospel. Telling them about Jesus. Sharing my story of faith. And guess what? He knew those Roman soldiers were the next leaders in Rome. And guess what? In the midst of tremendous persecution, Rome went to become a Christian nation. More than 50% of the people received Christ in the midst of opposition. You, were, you could be killed if you were a Christian. And those in the high echelons of society, even Nero's wife, uh, mother, and they say his wife, were Christians. So in the midst of even being a prisoner because of his earnest expectation, we see the Roman Catholic Church coming and Christianity spreading out throughout the known world. Why? Because he was a man who wasn't grumbling and complaining, God, why am I in chains? And just looking at the negativity, come on. His faith changed the whole nation. Come on. An optimist is determined to be joyful. 
Determined to have faith even in the midst of negative situations. Everybody can be happy. Come on, when it's your birthday and you got everything you wanted. Everybody can be happy when everything's going well. But what really takes faith in the midst of opposing situations, in the midst of trials? James tells us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations because what's happening? God is perfecting your faith and that faith will begin to have value not in this life but in the life to come. Come on, turn your name and say, God's working in your life. Come on. Come on, he's working in our faith. And we, can, we need to understand and have joy in that. Three reasons why we should expect the best, very quickly. Number one, expect the best because expecting the best honors God. Let's you know that you trust God more than your situation. What are you saying? God, I trust you. God, you're the best daddy ever. I might not understand. Someone said this, when I don't see God's hand, I trust his heart. And we continue to trust God that God will be glorified in every situation. Come on, we stand in faith. We're trusting God. The great William Carey said this, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God because that brings honor to the Lord. Come on, how, you, uh, how many of you are attempting some great things for God? Maybe it's not working yet, but come on, it's honoring God. It's glorifying God. It's not the end of the story. Expect great things from God and, and, and begin to attempt great things for God, and that brings honor to Him. The second reason that we need to expect is because expecting the best increases your ability. Someone said this, your attitude determines your altitude. Have you ever, excuse me, ever met someone and they say, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I don't know how, I don't know how. You pretty much cannot say you don't know how in this day and age because you can Google it and figure it out. There's definitely a YouTube video out there somewhere. Come on, how many of you have seen stuff and you didn't know what to do and you went and Googled it? Watched the video and went and do it. I do all the time. Someone said, with electronics or something's not working, I go and Google it. I went camping, you know, a while back and, and I have this little heater and it was freezing, the heater's not working. And I'm in the middle of the campsite, I'm like, oh my gosh, my heater's not working, what's going on? I shook the thing, I blew on the thing, we prayed over the thing, nothing's working. So I went to YouTube, and I Googled exactly what's happening. Heater turns on and immediately turns off, and they said, oh, there's a little thing that's there. Take a little Q-tip and put some alcohol on it and just rub it on this little thing. And so what I did, I took, took a Q-tip, I had one, thankfully. And I took it off, and, and I, I didn't have anything, but I took an a, a, a antibacterial wipe. Come on, that's got alcohol in it. <laughs> the next best thing. Come on. And I put it on there, and guess what? That thing worked beautifully the rest of the night. Don't say you can't know how. There's a way where there's a will. There's a way you can figure it out. Amen. Say, well, it's not working. Well, guess what? You're still learning what not to do. And you need to focus on what to do. It increases your ability. It increases your, your altitude. Yes. As you begin to be expecting that I can do it. I might not know how, but I'm going to figure it out. Amen? Expecting the best increases your ability. The third reason why we expect the best is because expecting the best encourages others. Yes. Come on, I don't know about you, but I like to be around people that are doing it. I like to be around positive people. In the midst of business and real estate or in, in our, our, whatever business I'm doing at that time or in ministry, I want to be around positive people. You know, and, and yeah, we need encouragement. Sometimes we're all struggling, and when one struggles, we want to encourage each other. But come on, if you're struggling, don't join the pity party. 
Don't get around people who are just negative and there's no hope and all they do is feed one another the fire of negativity. Get around people that will tell you, come on, stop it. Come on, dry your tears. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Are you here? Believe God. All right, let's get up again. Let's, let's clean our knee. We, you know, bounced our knee. Aren't you glad that when you fell as a three-year-old, you still got up again? You kept walking and learned how to get better. We, we need to be around people like that. The fact is optimism and pessimism are both contagious. If you're around negative people, it will be contagious. If you're around positive people, it will be contagious. Well, I'm born a pessimist. Well, change. Are you here? I'm born, born a pessimist. I'm just negative, naturally negative. I just see the negative in things. I'm not talking about denying facts. Come on, if the light bulbs all burn out, let's change them. That's not being negative. That's acknowledging we need to do something. But what is it when we take it to another level and we, we just look and we're discouraged and we're frustrated with life? People say, I wish I could have more faith. I wish I could be more positive. I'm just a worrier. How in the world can I become an optimist? Well, get in the word of God. Renew your mind. Get around people that will help you. And that's why I love Bible school. When I was in Bible school, I mean, we're all people of faith. And I mean, you couldn't say a negative word. You know, you say, ah, you said something negative. Someone's like, I bind that in Jesus' name. I take those words and I break the power of those words. Come on. And they start speaking life of you. Stop it. Stop it. Don't say that. Come on, huh? It's great around, and I get irritated sometimes, but it helped me. I begin to watch myself when I say something. You know, some of my wife and I, we can come together, and, you know, if I'm having a bad day or she's having a bad day, we come together, we say, let's just not talk, let's just pray. Because <laughs> negativity's coming around. We're dealing with problems. Let's just stop talking right now, because this isn't healthy. Let's pray. Let's get into faith. Let's be positive. Come on. And we need to have a good spouse that can help encourage us to do that. Are you here? So we need to be positive. How to stay optimistic in discouraging times. I mean, we look, there's rumors of war, wars going on. You know, what's happened in the Middle East? We see all this going on with Hamas and, 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 and with uh, Israel. And now Russia's coming in. You know, you, you see China coming in. The U.S. is shooting down missiles and all this stuff going on. What's happening? Is it the end of the world as we know it? Is it World War III? Is it all this stuff's going on? Well, guess what? There's been wars for tens of thousands of years. There's been conflicts for ten thousands of years, but the church is still alive and well, and God will have his way. Are you here? So we need to pray for peace. We need to pray, but don't get discouraged. Don't well, I'm gonna just go charge up all my credit cards. Just enjoy life. You know, people did that in the Y2K bug. Remember that? Who was still around during that time? People out there, oh, it's gonna, God's going to do a divine reset. The whole world's going to crash. All the banking systems are going to crash. Well, Y2K bug. Some of you weren't born. Samuel wasn't born yet. I think you were only born in 2000, you know. But I remember. Everyone's freaking out. And I'm thinking, I just felt like some, this ain't right. Such a small thing. A little computer is going to, all the banking. And so Christians were going out and charging all their credit cards up. Going out and wasting money, thinking, oh, that's it. We might as well enjoy life before the end of the world. And guess what? We crossed over into January 1st, 2000, 101, 101, 2000, and nothing happened. And the funny thing is I was in Singapore that time, so Singapore's 15 hours ahead of the U.S., 
So it's, you know, it's like morning there, and it's like nighttime in America, and I'm like, hey, we're fine. Everything's going to be okay. People still didn't believe me. Oh, no, no, well, it's going to happen here. I'm like, well, it didn't happen in the third, you know, and where I'm at, it sure ain't going to happen there. And nothing happened. All those people who made lots of money on their books, they didn't get a refund either. Come on, negativity sells. Don't get into negativity. Get in the word of God. What does God say? Let me tell you, regardless of what happens, you're going to be okay. God's going to be with you. God's still going to take care of you. God's going to still prosper. And guess what? Israel's still going to be there because Jesus is coming through the East Gate. It's written in the Bible in the book of Revelations. Are you here? Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says it. Are you here? So we need to stay optimistic in discouraging times. How do we stay optimistic? Five ways. Number one, start your day with faith. Studies have shown the first 10 minutes of your day sets the tone for the rest of your day. We, we get up, we need to get in the word, we need to get into what God's saying, get into faith. In, in the secular world, they call it affirmations. They get up and do their morning affirmations. Come on. But in Christ, we have something more powerful. David said this in Psalms 5 verse 3, he says, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct it to you, and I will look up. What does he say? In the morning, look up. Don't look at Instagram, first thing. Don't look at Facebook, first thing. Don't look at CNN. Don't even look at Fox. Because what's happening? It's all negativity. You know, this morning, thank God, I got up and did my prayer. To, and then when I look, I look up and see, you know, the guy from Friends died. 54 years old. And I was like, I'm sad. I don't even know him. But come on, I love Friends. I know Adrian was sad. <laughs> you know? You look, and you see that. And, it's like, and I'm sitting here like, I don't even know this person. What am I, you know? But it's just the negativity coming, and it's a tragedy. 54 years old, that's too young to die. But all this stuff is going on. We got to get in the Word. So I put my phone away. I went and prayed. I went and got in the Word. I went and looked at my message. Are you here? And I, we got to get in faith. The first thing in the morning, get in faith. I will look up to God. When you're looking up, what are you doing? Looking with earnest expectation. This is the day God has made. If God made it, it's good. Come on. Everything God made in creation, he said, it is good. When he made you, he said, it is very good. So God is good God in the midst of what's happening. Look at the good things, not the negative things. Are you here? And so God, we've got to have expectation. And, and what was he saying? I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to put my expectation in God. If we're weaker in faith and there's situations around us, again, don't start the day looking at the negativity. Listen to all the voicemails of the problems. What should you do? Read your Bible in the morning. Psalm in the morning and a proverb in the evening. Come on. Or you're going to proverb in the morning, a book of wisdom, and a song. Encourage yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Are you here? Spend some time with God. Amen. God, God, you're with me. Everything's going to be okay. Right. Amen? Amen? Put on praise songs. Put on a worship song. And read Psalms 91. Whatever it is that you need to do, hear from God before you hear from all the negativity. Lift up your eyes. Start your day in faith. David said this, Psalms 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Amen. Be glad in it because God is a good God. Amen? Amen. 
So here's your homework. Come on. Can we give homework in church? This week, I want you to every day, come on, wake up in the morning. And when they quote that, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in today. Come on. Can you do that? And see your day change. Well, I like to pray at night. Well, you better pray in the morning too. That first 10 minutes, you don't have to pray an hour. The first 10 minutes, set your focus. This is a day the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm a child of God. Every place that I, my feet shall tread, I have dominion. Come on, look in the mirror. Yeah, you. You're going to kill it today. You're going to have an amazing day. God is with you. You're blessed and you're coming. You're blessed and you're going forth. Come on. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. Come on. You do that, I tell you. You show up for work. Everybody's, oh, where's my coffee? You'll be like, come on. I've been supercharged. What vitamins are you taking? It's called J-E-S-U-S. Amen. Make a choice to start your day in faith. Don't just roll out of bed. I want to sleep to the last minute, roll out of bread, barely brush your teeth and your hair, and then let's start the day. Oh, you're, you're tired until 3 p.m. Come on, get into the Word. Get into prayer. It doesn't take a lot, but get your focus right. Amen? Number two, what must we do to, to live with expectation? Number two, look for the positive in every situation. Romans 8 verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. Do you love God? That means everything's going to work for good. And it says this. It goes on and it said, to those who are called according to his purpose. So do you love God? Are you called to his good purpose? Then all things work together for good. Even in the midst of a bad situation. I was talking and I've seen sometimes where, you know, in flights, our flights are delayed. Things begin to change. Things begin to happen. I was talking to Pastor Pat and he just came back from Greece. Uh, sorry, Africa. He was in Africa. His flight got canceled on the way there. And he was supposed to go to Greece after that. So in the end, he had sent one of his spiritual sons with him to meet him there. And so what did he do? He told the guy, you take the meetings. I'm not going to make it on time. And so he went straight to Greece and then ended up leaving Africa because he was only going to be there three days. His flight's going to be delayed. And, and that guy had amazing meetings. God showed up. And then when he got to Greece, he had a divine connection with another pastor, showed up early. There was a meeting that night, and he went and preached that night, and it was a divine connection. God was orchestrating all of this. He said, did God cancel the flight? Well, I don't think so. God's a good guy. But what does he do? He works it out. So one way doesn't go. He makes another way. And all things work together for good. Come on, live your life that way. Even when you get a flat tire. Come on, there was one year I had flat tires like three or four times in the year. I'm like, oh, another one? I'm like, devil? (laughs) It wasn't the devil. It was road construction on the five. Come on. (laughs) But guess what? I started like, hey, I'm going to witness to the tow truck guy. When he comes and, and, and share with him and, and I go and share, how's your day going? And begin to encourage somebody and begin to look. I'm going to take every opportunity and make it work for God. And my attitude had changed because we have that moment. It's that moment you're seesawing. Come on. Losing it or stepping into faith. Come on. And, and I begin to take a step back. Okay, what's God doing? God's in control. Things are still going to be okay. What is God trying to do right now? And look for the opportunity. Look for the positive in every situation. God can turn a a stumbling block into a starting block. 
He can turn a, a tombstone into a stepping stone. Come on. That was the problem. All the, 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 you know, the, the disciples, when Jesus died, they all forgot that he said he was going to raise from the dead. They're all depressed. They're back fishing. Oh, my gosh, Jesus. They forgot. He told them he was going to rise from the dead. But they were pessimistic. Come on, we got to stand in faith. What has God said? Even in the midst of situation, God can cause it to work for our good. I recently have one of, one of my breakthrough mentors and I, uh, that's in my mentorship program. He's in the midst of changes in the company and the company is, is closing down and, or was bought over by another company and the jobs are uncertain. And he's been in that company for years and so there's a little bit of, of, of uh, you know, uh, uncertainty there. Come on, how many of you know if your job's getting merged with another company, you don't know if you have a job and you've been there for a long time, it can be a very uncertain time. And so I told him, I said, well, well pray that God will open up a better opportunity for you. So he started praying. I said, put your resume out there and just see, throw the bread on the water and see what comes back. That's what the Bible said. So he ended up getting a, a job offer from a better company and got a pay raise. And then guess what? Found out that the other company is going to pay him severance pay one month for every year that he's worked there. So come on, you lost your job, but I'm going out with milk and honey and all the treasures of that company into a better job. Come on, all things work together for the good of those that serve the Lord. But you know, there's people that are depressed and, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, and they can't get out of bed and they haven't even sent out a resume yet. Come on, all things work together for good. Tell your neighbor, all things work together for good. We got to live with expectation in discouraging times. Start your day with faith. Look for the positive and separate in every situation. Number three, give your worries to God. Luke chapter 12, verse 22, it says this. He said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat, nor about the body or what you'll put on. What is he saying? Don't worry. Come on, someone say, I won't worry. Come on, say it. Say, I won't worry. Make it a decision. I'm not going to worry. Get rid of worry. It's hard sometimes. Because, oh, the end of the month is coming, and I got more month than I got money. Come on. We, we live in those places. But don't worry. Is God in control? There's times that, you know, in our ministry or in the church, we've been tight, and the rent's coming. But what do we do? We have to pray and cast on God. You have that moment of, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? But God, you're in charge. God, you got to come through. God, don't make yourself look bad. <laughs> Sometimes I have those conversations with God. God, that would be really bad on you. <laughs> it ain't me. It's you, God. You told us to do this. Isn't it look really bad on you, Lord? <laughs> come on. And God laughs. Come on. God is in control. Put your worries on the Lord. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What does it mean to cast? Take your fishing wand and throw it. Cast it. Throw it. Sometimes I got to go move out. In my prayer, I come and I'm like, I look at God at his throne and I visualize it and I'm putting all this stuff. I bring the dump truck. Are you here? Sometimes it's got people in it. Sometimes it's situations in it. Come on. I bring it before the Lord. Lord, you do that. My wife's done that before, you know. 
We, especially in Singapore, and we're trying to get along and stuff. And I'm like, she's not agreeing with me and, you know, learning how to talk to me. And, you know, I'm like, I don't feel it. We're not doing it. And so she's like, all right. And then she's like, Lord, you do talk to him. And I'll be down by the elevator, and God will hit me. And she was right, and you know, and I'm like, <laughs> dump your cares on the Lord. Come on, do that with your spouse. Do that with your children, Lord. Sometimes I do it with my kids too. Come on. Can't give it, but you deal with them, God. You, you, you deal with the heart. God, and God has a way of, of working out when it comes to assuming responsibility God never intended us to have. Don't take it on. That's why I sleep at night. Some people that are thinking all night long, worried about all night. I sleep like a baby. Because every day I cast my cares. Every day, God. This is your church. This is your ministry. This is your business. This is your, this is your, everything God is God. I'm just a steward. It belongs to the Lord. God is in control. We say that God's in control, but we try to control everything. Try to micromanage everything. Try to keep everything going. It's exhausting. No wonder we have stress. But cast it on the Lord and just get your download. God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? Tell me I'll do it. But God, you have to do what I can't do. As we begin to do that, we give our worries to God, there's freedom, amen? But if you try, start trying to play God, you try to be the general manager of the universe, <laughs> come on. In ministry, I have a big heart, and sometimes I'm there, people call me 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, and I heard one preacher say, I'm not Jesus, I didn't die for you. Yeah. I'm not Jesus, and, and the Bible says he never sleeps and he never slumbers, but I do. Come on, I began to see. Come on, begin to change that. But come on, when it's time, I got to, you know, have time. I'm not there. If you can't get me, get a hold of God. He's always available. But I'm not. You call me at 2 o'clock in the morning, I probably will not pick up. Are you here? But Jesus is. And we got to point people to Jesus. I'm not your Savior. I'll let you down. I probably said something this morning that I'll already let you down and got you upset. But Jesus is the one. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. And it sets us free. We don't have to be perfect. Yeah. We don't have to get, have everything in control all the time. Let God be God. That's why he's God. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, it says this. We were crushed and overwhelmed and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. I get no amens on that. Why? For then we put everything into the hands of God, for he can even raise the dead, and he did help, and we expect him to do it again and again and again. Come on. That's the problem. Some of us, maybe that's where we're at right now. We're trying to hold everything together. I can't do this. And God's like, finally. God, you got to take over. Finally let go. Let God be God. In the midst of being crushed, in the midst of being overwhelmed, what was the key to the breakthrough? In the midst of us being powerful, that's a good place to be in because the weak can say that they're strong, not in our strength, but we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's not by our might or our strength, our ability. Come on, it's by the Spirit of God working in our lives. Come on, you believe that? Give the Lord a shout. Give your worries to God. Start your day in prayer. Stop, number four, stop speaking negatively. Stop it. Come on, put a negative filter over your life this week. Come on. Well, stop it. Hmm? 
Come on, my dad said this one time. We were, kids were quarreling. He said, if you have nothing good to say, keep your mouth shut. Great advice. Put a filter over your mouth. Stop it. Stop it. Put a filter over your spouse's mouth. Talk, it, mm, mm. We're not talking about that. Do you know what it takes two people to argue? There's been times that we come in and we ain't, we're, not, we're not talking about this now. Well, well, we're going to be happy. Sometimes we're just hangry. <laughs> Go and eat and everything looks much better. Come on. Get your blood sugar up. Are you here? Like we, we're not doing this. We're not having strife. We're not going to do this. And, and put, put, put that over your filter now at the right time. You can't do that. All, sometimes we need to talk and we put a footnote there. Pastor said, I only got to talk to you. I ain't saying that. Come on. <laughs> But in the midst, if we're not in a good place, take a time out. Yes. If the nuclear bombs are getting warmed up, come on, take a time out. Yeah. Don't go there and then regret it later. Stop speaking negatively. I put this up. Research tells us 70% of all sicknesses are psychosomatic. In other words, you can talk yourself into depression and sickness. That's huge number. Why? Because, again, our expectation, if we're negative, it can affect us even physically. And some doctors, they come up with new names for stuff because they can't figure out medically what it is, so we come up with a new name. Some new disease that there's no treatment for. Sometimes it's just the negativity that's just coming through our life. Fear, doubt, unbelief. It's contagious. The 12 spies came back from Israel, from the promised land, and that neg negativity spread. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. It doesn't matter if you feel like a grasshopper. Come on, your God is great. He just split the Red Sea. He just caused water to come out of the rock. He just caused manna to come from heaven. Your shoes have not been wearing out, and like now you're afraid of a giant? Because negativity is contagious. We've got to cut out the negativity from our life. Amen. Stop speaking negativity. Stop it. When you mm, bite your tongue and count to 10. Come on, pray in tongues for a minute. Train yourself to be positive. <laughs> Excuse me, Ephesians 4, verse 29 in the Good News Bible, it says, Don't use harmful words in talking, use only helpful words, the kind that build up. Come on, what would our world be like if we all lived by this principle? You know, battles have been fought, wars have been fought by the eagles of men. Joel 3 verse 10, he says, let the weak say, I am strong. James says that our tongue, this little vessel, is the rudder of the ship in our life. It determines do we head toward the rocks and destruction or do we go through the storm to the other side? Stop speaking negatively. If you want to be blessed, you want to be successful, start speaking life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Speak life. This week's going to be my best week yet. Come on, every week when I'm giving my offering, I put in the remarks, October's a breakthrough month. Have I seen it yet? Not totally, but guess what? It's October 29th. I still got the 30th, and I still got the 31st. Come on. Come on, November's going to be even better. 
I believe that. I had a word, you know, a few weeks ago about that this is a time of harvest and things have been delayed are coming. I went on, Samuel sent me, a, you know, somebody on Instagram, another preacher was saying the same thing. Another people in the mouth are two or three witnesses. Come on, we're not all listening to each other preaching the same sermon. It's the same spirit of God on the inside of us. And so keep standing in faith. When you've done all you can do, keep standing. Keep speaking. Well, I don't know. Don't let go of your blessing. Daniel, in the midst of, of praying, he was fasting. The Bible says on day one, the angel of the Lord said, your answer, your breakthrough was coming. But he said, I was wrestling with the prince of Persia, and I wrestled day and night. But because of your prayer and your constant standing, what happened? I prevailed, and the breakthrough and the blessing is here. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Amen? Come on, I like the musicians to come. Come on, let's get into faith. Let's transact with God in the way that he wants us to transact with God. Start your day with faith. This week, that's your homework. Start your day with faith. Maybe you need to do it three times a day. Come on. And morning, afternoon, and night. And, and, and help yourself. Train yourself. Learn to look at the positive in every situation. When something negative happens, take a step back. God, what are you wanting me to do? What good are you wanting to bring out of this? Give your worries to God. Cast it on him. Don't stress out. Cast it on him. Stop speaking negatively. And number five, finally, remember your future is blessed. Your present is not the end of the story. Your future is blessed. Keep walking with God. Be optimistic and discourage and know that God is with us. We've read the end of the book. Jesus wins. Come on. And if we're in Christ, we're going to rule. We're going to reign in Christ. Every enemy will be put under his feet. We live in a fallen world. We need to navigate this world through faith. But the day will come where righteousness will rule and reign. Titus 2 and verse 13 says this. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible calls it our blessed hope. Someone say the blessed hope. That's our hope, that we're blessed. You know what it means to be blessed? It means you're empowered to prosper. That's right. When we say, God bless you, Jaleesa, what are we saying? God empowers you to prosper. Come on, someone say, I'm blessed. Tell your neighbor, say, you're blessed. Faith, you're blessed. You're empowered to prosper. When someone sneezes, God bless you. God's prospering you. Come on, you're not going to get sick. That's why we do that. If you study it, it was later. Many thought when you sneeze, demons could come in. So they said, God bless you. No demons are coming in. Come on. God bless you. You're empowered to prosper. Christians, sometimes we can get all negative and all into fear. You know, Halloween's coming up and everyone's all fearful. Oh, don't have anything to do with Halloween and, you know... Why, why is the devil the only one who could be creative? People get upset. I mean, wrote to us on Instagram. We're doing trunk or treat. We're not doing tricks or treats. Trunk or treat. Kids can come up. They're dressing positively. They're not dressing as demons, you know. Dressing positively. And we bless the kids. And they're coming around the cars. And we're doing that. The community's coming. And people from the community come. We're reaching people. Why should the devil be the only one reaching people during this time? Well, it's Halloween, it's the darkest day, and you know, the Satan, I don't care what the Satanists are doing, I'm not in the kingdom of, of darkness, I'm in the kingdom of God. Every place that my feet shall tread, I have dominion. 
And Christians, we get all this superstition, all upset about Halloween. Christmas is worse than Halloween. Go and study where Christmas comes from. Jesus was not born at Christmas. The star, and you look at it, it was probably during the summer. But what happened in Rome, that was their big, big pagan holiday. So they said, let's take the biggest pagan holiday and make it Jesus' celebration. Yeah. So they moved his birthday. Oh, some of you just got upset, man. I just, come on, your positivity and your faith just went out. And what was the Christmas tree? You look at the Christmas tree in Europe, that's where they would go and the spirits would be in the trees. Christmas tree, Jesus didn't have a Christmas tree. Disciples didn't have Christmas trees. Christmas trees came because the queen saw it and started bringing trees in and it's beautiful. But guess what? We take it and we're conversionists. We take what's evil, we bring it through the cross and the blood of Jesus and we turn around it for God. I got no problem with Christmas. Why? Because the biggest celebration of the year should be for Jesus and not some demon. So don't look at the history. Don't get in fear. Come on, I have an expectation. We used to do it when our kids were younger, and we'd set a booth out, and we'd come, and Troy and Ann one, and we'd sit there and eat our church, church, what do we call it, church board, or, you know, I mean, charcuterie board, and we're eating cheese, and all this, and my olives, and people come, and we don't say trick or treat. We say, God bless you. Yes. And we bless, send a blessing and speak life over the kids. Come on. Amen. Let's turn things around. Let's live with expectation. Don't get caught up. Greater is he who's in us. We've got dominion. Are you here? Remember, your future is blessed. The Bible says you have a blessed hope. You are living in life. You still love me? Come on, somebody's still caught up on Halloween. Come on. Now, if you don't have faith for it, it's fine. I'm going to say, you know, when I was a young kid, my mom, we turned out the lights and didn't hide in the back room. We didn't answer the door. We went to church and had a hallelujah festival. I mean, but thank God I've grown in my face since then. If I don't be hiding out, you know, so one year we hid out and people egged our house because we didn't have candy. Toilet rolled our trees. No, nobody's messing with my house. Come on. Are you here? If you're living your life the way Jesus wants you to live it, you're going to be rewarded. In closing, there was a story at the end of World War II, General Eisenhower, who was a very prominent general in that time. He was coming home from the European War, and he was on a plane, and he was landing in New York. And when he landed in New York, there was a huge welcome home sign. Welcome home, General. They rolled out the red carpet. They, there were thousands of there that were celebrating his history. There was champagne. There was a whole celebration. And un, unbeknownst to him, there was a missionary on the same plane that nobody knew him. He was, no one was there to greet him. He saw the banners and the crowd and all the celebration and the red carpets and he began to have a little bit of a pity party. Why? Because the devil was whispering in his ears, you could have had all this, but you gave it up. You could have had all this, but you served the Lord for 50 years and nobody's here to greet you. Nobody's here to welcome you home. Nobody's here to make you feel warm and happy. You wasted your life. And he, he started to feel bad. Why? Because he, his wife had died on the mission field. His children have died of malaria. 
He was coming back and he was in poor health. He'd given 50 years of his life to the Lord, but nobody knew his name and the devil was whispering in him and he was starting to feel a little bit discouraged. And God whispered in his ear. He said, wait a minute, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. And come on, let me tell you, when he got to heaven, there was a great celebration. There was a great rejoicing. There was a great promotion. Come on. If it didn't happen in this life, it happens in the life to come. He says he'll bless us in this life and the life to come. But if it doesn't happen, come on, our reward is in heaven. Come on, let's stand on our feet this morning. Let me ask you, how are you responding to what's happening in your life right now? Are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist? Are you in faith? Or are you in doubt and discouragement? Are you in fear? Today, let's turn things around. Let's begin to cast our cares upon God. God says, according to your faith, so be it. Come on, there's a few more days in October. Can God turn things around? Yeah, He can. There's still November. Come on, there's still December. Come on, we're going to end this year strong with expectation that what God has promised us, come on, it's going to come to pass.